It's the Batman episode. <laughs> it sounded just as good as we planned. Yes. <laughs> I did. That was, that's it. All right, next episode. <laughs> Even though we said that we were going to do weekly episodes, it's been like two months. You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Brewer and Greg Miller. Where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between. So today's episode is mostly about the Batman, but some other stuff Greg and I have seen recently, but mostly we're, we're going to talk about the Batman today. Yeah, but uh, this is Just a Tangent, and I am Greg Miller. And I'm Tyler Brewer. And uh, this is uh, your spoiler warning. Consider it... Uh, Consider it warned that there's going to be spoilers here. And we're talking about, uh, like Tyler said, the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. And uh, basically anything else that we talk about, we usually try to name before we talk about it, but just uh, expect there to be spoilers. Yeah, it's been out for two weeks. Just go see it. Yeah, seriously. It is, uh, it's definitely a work of cinema. So go watch that. Yeah, especially if you're into the character. Um, I think people who read more of the comics and we're hoping for some more comic accurate portrayals in the past that have been disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll, they'll be pretty happy with this one, but first, before we get into that, <clears throat> let's talk about some other stuff that we've seen recently. So what have you been watching recently TV or movies, anything? So Maddie and I, so Maddie, Maddie's my sister, um, for those of you listening, but Maddie and I, um, we have been watching a couple different TV shows. We've been going through Young Justice uh, from the beginning. So I had seen up until like midway through season three, um, and Maddie had seen until the end of season two, but she's just been binging it. And typically when we get home from work or school, we try to watch them together. So that's what we're currently watching. Uh, We also went back and started uh, Civil War again, just because we were really feeling it, and it had been a a little while. Um me think what else yeah sometimes some of those especially like mcu stuff sometimes they are so good you like kind of watch them a couple times right in a row yep and i don't know it kind of takes away their specialness eventually because like you're kind of studying it and really enjoying it Mm -hmm. because it is good but then it takes almost like a year of not seeing it to like re-appreciate it a little bit i guess yeah and that's Um, the thing is like if i watch youtube videos and compilations that have the clips in there i don't feel the need like, because I see the visuals, yeah, it reminds me of that, like, feeling, I guess. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, we, we started that. I fell asleep on two different nights, so it's been a very broken watch party. Um, yeah. But it happens with me. I, I like to fall asleep during movies. Yeah, off, often. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, if you want to go while I... Yeah, go ahead, drink water. Drink some water. Um, so I've watched Free Guy last weekend for the first time i kind of liked it um there was a lot i liked about it it was pretty simple it was just like a good it seemed like a a summer movie that like kids would really enjoy it was definitely appropriate for everybody in the family yeah um but for like the references and easter eggs and stuff was was cool i feel like they kind of maybe started writing that after ready player one came out um but Mm -hmm. it was it was pretty interesting yeah um I wouldn't say it's like very rewatchable or anything like that, but it was good. It wasn't it wasn't bad or anything. And then I watched um, the Adam Project on Netflix, so it was a Ryan Reynolds mm. weekend, I guess. Um, and it was okay. First half is better than the second half. I feel like 
the uh, the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and the the kid that plays his younger self in that film. Um, definitely have some some hilarious comedy moments and just lines that they say to each other. And the the child actor definitely did a really good job at acting like. Ryan Reynolds because yeah. Ryan Reynolds just plays himself just like in every other movie. I saw a clip um it well, I think it was on Ryan Reynolds uh TikTok um one of his socials but he had a clip he was sitting in the front of a car and the kid who played his younger self was in the yeah. back and he the kid was saying lines from Deadpool yeah uh which was kind of neat and yeah. uh he was hitting him pretty good yeah. um he says them with like the same cadence and everything yeah yeah he did a great job um yeah. also tangent uh if you guys hear a buzzing i'm gonna try to take it out and post but honestly we're just kind of running gun this thing yeah. and uh so sorry if it's there and if it's annoying but uh it's it might just stay yeah we'll find out but after it's uploaded yeah but no uh the adam project i made it through like half of that before i had to leave my buddy was getting um he had just been baptized that that sunday and we were going out to lunch but i watched half of it and pretty good um now i didn't being that i didn't see the second half um, do they ever go to adult Ryan Reynolds? Do they ever go to his his time? No. So the way okay. basically it happens is uh, at some stage their father is doing research that eventually um, results in time travel being invented. Mm. And in the future when Ryan Reynolds is an adult, um, it's basically ruining stuff. Like people are using it to basically make themselves rich and better off in the future. Mm -hmm. Like they'll go back to their past selves and just pull a Biff Tannen. So yeah, basically um, he's trying to jump back to when his dad is alive and basically stop the research from, from taking place so that time travel is not invented because it's ruined the future basically. And he's supposed to go back to, I think 2018 and he accidentally jumps to 2022, which is after his dad has passed away. Mm. So he runs into his younger self. He's injured and his ship is damaged. And there's people from 2050, I think, is when his actual time is. There's people from 2050 chasing him through time. They eventually find him. There's a chase and things like that. And there's a few. There's not really twists and turns. Again, that is another one that's, like, good for the whole family. That's yeah. pretty entertaining and pretty safe for everybody that has some action and stuff. Um, now, did it, it take place in 2022, the yes, whole movie? No, no, so they do eventually go back to 2018. Okay. And so both the adult and kid version of him, who they, they both obviously miss their dad, get to see him again alive. Uh, okay. They both agree to not tell him that he's going to die. But, um, like, I like that scene and Mark Ruffalo pay, plays the dad. Um, and, like, I enjoy that chemistry as well with him interacting with his son at two different ages. And... He kind of knows already, like if they're coming back to 2018 mm -hmm. to tell me to stop this, that means I'm not in the future to help stop it. Right. So he already pretty much knows that he's, gonna that die. he's, that he's dead. Mm. Um, and he pretty much tells him that to not tell him what's going to happen so he can't avoid it and things like that. And uh, they, the three of them work together. Well, two of them technically, but three people work, work together to, to stop the... Um, the time travel from being invented eventually. That's cool. I was going to say, from what I had seen, it seemed like one of the few time travel movies where the person who was doing the time traveling was, um, I don't know how to put it. Like, it didn't take place in his time. It didn't follow him. If yeah. It followed the kid's perspective. Yeah, for sure. And so it wasn't like, like in Back to the Future, it starts with Marty. He's the one who time travels. So you see him move from his time to... Yeah out of time yeah the main character is the 
is the, I think, 13-year-old version of yeah. him. Um, and, like, he's dealing with bullies and things like that. So the adult version of him is trying to, like, hype him up to fight the bullies and stuff. And Because he I went think, through it. Yeah, because yeah. he went through it. And he knows what would have solved the problem at the time. Um, the writing and stuff was good. I really liked, like, the banter between the young and adult version of that character. Mm-hmm. And then the banter between the dad and those two versions as well is really good. But for some reason, I just feel like the first half was better than the second half. Like, whenever they jump from 2022 to 2018, it's kind of kind of lame i mean it's a very predictable film as is free guy right. um they're both pretty predictable so like don't go into it expecting some masterpiece or anything like that but it was being hyped up as being inspired by everyone's like you know basically their love of back to the future yeah and it wasn't being built up as the next back to the future i don't think but i think that a lot of the trailers like kind of maybe gave that expectation or right. gave off that like this might be amazing and it kind of had that vibe for the first half. And then, like, second half, it's just extremely predictable. Yeah, it was cool because typically the the rule is, like, you know, don't run into yourself. You know, don't, don't, uh, yeah. don't engage with any version of yourself from any time period because it could cause problems. That's yeah. usually in sci-fi kind of like a rule for time yeah, travel. Yeah, and they, they get into stuff like that. And they also get, like, if they're changing things in the past, what happens to those future versions? I mean, they, they eventually don't exist. And mm-hmm. their timelines eventually coincide with the change, but it's not immediate. Right. So it's not like somebody does something and they disappear. It's right. more like they did something, they can have a conversation, and then like whenever they go back to their time, it's it's like it's adjusted a little bit, I guess. Mm. So, Greg, what else have you watched lately? Anything? Yeah. So um, I don't know if we talked if we talked about it at the last episode. I don't recall, but um, Maddie and I we we went through the entire series of Outer Banks, which. Honestly, I did not think I was going to like. Um, I thought it was going to be like this teen high school show that was going to be like real campy and just kind of, I don't know, annoying. But I legitimately liked it. It was like, um, it was like a kind of modern day Goonies. Um, but the, the atmosphere and the setting was different enough that it felt fresh and it didn't feel like stale or repetitive or like something I had seen before. Um, there were certainly moments that were kind of predictable and there were like some conversations that were kind of rinse and repeat throughout the show for sure. bickering about similar stuff in multiple episodes. But by and large, um, the characters were cool. JJ is by far my favorite character, which I know you, you probably have no idea who, he is, who but, that is. Um, but yeah, if, if you guys are listening and you watch the show, um, JJ is the best. He's a very compelling character. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know that I would say deserves to win any awards or anything, but um, I, I like it was entertaining enough for you. Yeah, it was good. I, okay. I I legitimately like when I got home, I wanted to watch the next episode because okay. we watch it like nightly. So yeah, yeah it was good. Um, I rewatched. Uh, I had some friends over. Rewatched Ready Player One. Um, oh, man, I love that movie. I rewatched it for the first time recently as well. For the first time, maybe a year. And yeah, it's it's still awesome. Yeah, it's like there's just so many little little beats that are that are very rewarding as like a pop culture yeah. enthusiast. Um, yeah, it makes me want to go to replay FX. Yeah, Ripperoni. That <laughs> uh, may never be. I'm sure they'll have something like it in the future, but yeah, yeah, maybe like kind of stinks. yeah, yeah. I agree. But but, um, but yeah, that was good. Um, I'm trying to think on my own. Maddie's watching Sword Art Online. I am just kind of in the room, like yeah. doing stuff. 
on my computer, um, like working and whatnot while it's on. So, I mean, that one, I kind of know what's happening. I'm not really watching it. Um, I'm trying to think what other stuff I've watched. I, I put on regular show the other day just for kicks and giggles. Um, just to, I don't know, pass the time yeah. while I was doing chores, but that's about it for me. I, um, movie wise, main thing I've been watching in the theater, the last three movies I've seen were the same movie. <laughs> so, uh, I had plans to go see the Batman with my friend John, um, on Friday release day, uh, last, fr- last Friday, right? Mm. Was it two weeks ago? So Thursday night, uh, Greg calls me and the movie theater, him and I worked at when we were younger, um, they were doing a Thursday night showing and he was going with his friends and I, he asked if I wanted to go. Yeah. So I just told him, grab me a ticket and I showed up, um, and watched it Thursday before the Friday release. And everyone got those promotional Batman buckets. Yeah. Me and me, <laughs> everybody, me and, me and Tyler Nolf. Well, first of all, Tyler Nolf showed up with it. I'm like, what the hell is that? He's like, it's, he's like, a, it's he, Batman yeah, popcorn. He's like, it's a Batman mask. That's also a popcorn bucket. And I was like, that is ridiculous. I'm going to buy one. So yeah. I got up and left and came back with one. Yeah. And he ate his popcorn just enough to close it. Like the top of the head like opens up and that's where the popcorn goes. It's like on a hinge. But whenever it's closed, it does look cool. It's sitting on my bookshelf at home yeah um he's i was like are you able to wear it when it's empty he's like well it's pretty small maybe like it could could so i was thinking maybe um maybe like drilling out the bottom or something and putting uh-huh. it on putting it on one of my friend's kids but really um funny. he's yeah. like he's like i can't wait to use it as like a fishbowl or something i was like first off it's not watertight <laughs> second off the only thing that's cl- see-through on this is the eyes have, have like a clear plastic what if so you my can fish see. is alive yeah i was like <laughs> <laughs> it's just clear plastic on the eyes so you can see like if there's popcorn inside still and he's like i'm gonna use it as a fish bowl it's like you see your fish like once a year when it just happens to swim by the eye holes <laughs> <laughs> it was like really inconvenient for, yeah. for anything living yeah <laughs> good job um, you must love your fish tyler and then, and my buddy Corn was there, and Corn is currently unemployed, or at least was at the time of the movie. And that thing, how much was that? It was like sixteen dollars, or know. like twenty-two bucks, it or something. Bad. But I remember uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm going out to get uh, a little cup of water. Does anybody want anything?" And Corn goes, "Yeah, can you can you get me the Batman popcorn bucket?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "Um." He's like, I guess you can have them put popcorn in. It's like, dude, if I'm getting you the bucket, I'm getting it I'm full of popcorn. I'm pretty sure you have to. Yeah, I'm almost I'm, certain. I'm not going to spend $16 on plastic just so you can feel included. Like, you at least need <laughs> it's popcorn. It's funny because like, every now and then somebody in the audience, like before the movie started, because we were there like an hour ahead of time, mm-hmm. somebody in the audience would say like, oh, I can't believe people are wasting money on this. And like more and more people would flood in with them. Yeah. And it just it just verified my need and want for one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the guys in front of us went out yeah. and got some. And yeah, was, they were the ones criticizing people over. Yeah. They, they'd left and came back with one. Yep. And uh, it was funny. I had brought my Switch. So we were, we all took turns playing Mario Kart while we were waiting. Because yeah, we got we, there like an hour we early. We played two-player Mario Kart on the Switch in, in the theater for like an hour yeah it was awesome well we got there and um it was me uh tyler and and corn and we we walked into the theater got you know we had already had our tickets so we got them at the register and then got our stuff and walked in well it was in theater 10 and it was playing spider-man um no way home from uh when did when we walk in it was like whenever i got there it was just towards the end of the third act like yeah like the the final fight had already happened 
Um, and Peter was going in the coffee shop at the end. Was one of yeah, I don't think we got to see the 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 like the final. Um, I don't think we got to see the final trio swing. Uh, maybe we did. I don't remember. But either way, it was some some point at the uh, final fight. I think it was when um, when Toby and Doc are um, when Toby and Doc are uh, like they re meet up and and kind of talk about how things are going and then yeah. and then uh green goblin says does the spider want to come out and play so we we opened the door um that was a really long explanation for where we got to come in at but either way we went in and sat down and just watched the rest of that and then stayed for the Batman. yeah there was an hour between the end of spider-man and, ba- and the beginning of batman yeah totally worth it so um so then i saw it friday the next just the next day with my friend john at a different theater and I really enjoyed it, and then uh, just this past Saturday, my dad had not seen it yet, so him and I, I wanted to see it in IMAX, and there used to be an IMAX theater real close to where I live, but it is no longer there, um, so we went to the one Caught at, on fire. <laughs> yeah. We went to the one at the waterfront, um, so it has they have a Dolby IMAX there with like a, a very high-end and upgraded sound system. And it was better in IMAX, mainly because of the sound. So I feel like one of the main things that stood out to me more so for this movie than maybe any other one in like the past five years I've watched is the the score. Um, when I you mean, say any other, like just movies or Batman movies? Just movies in general. I think the score really stood out as being an element that set the tone for what was going on. Um, and like, I've listened to the soundtrack a few times just on my commute to and from work just to see if I like, you know, missed anything, but I can, I can listen to the soundtrack and imagine each scene that it pops up in. It's just really well done. It's actually done by the same, uh, composer as the, um, Spider-Man No Way Home composer. And like the music in that movie is good as well. I don't know. It's just almost, some of those are a little predictable. I don't know. Like I know the Spider-Man theme for these Tom Holland movies. Hmm. Like I know how they're going to implement it and stuff. And like the music definitely makes the movie, but I don't know. The music just stood out for me for the Batman. So, um, the Batman was directed by Matt Reeves. I think, um, I don't see who wrote it here, but I think he wrote some of it. If not, he was definitely involved in decision-making for writing. Um, but the cinematographer was, uh, Greg Frazier, yeah, he did a fantastic job. I Actually, think he also did Dune. Yeah, um, let me. I did a. Uh, Go ahead, you look that up. I'll keep talking. Yeah, I had a, I had a screenshot. Um, somebody somebody had that. It might be on my phone, honestly. Um, yeah, I'll look for it. So at the beginning of the of the Batman, and if you didn't hear Greg's warning earlier, spoiler warnings because we're gonna like do a deep dive on the Batman. So, the beginning of the movie, um, you know, typically the Riddler isn't a very physical um, threat to Batman. Usually pretty much across the board, a lot of his rogues gallery is the goons are the physical threat. You know, Riddler will have like a gang of guys that are to his theme, which is super campy and they'll just be the physical threat to Batman where Riddler is the mental threat to Batman basically. But at the beginning of the movie, there's a pretty, for a PG-13 movie, there's a, I mean, I didn't realize that they were going to go that much of a surprising or suspenseful or horror route. Yeah. Um, it definitely reminded me, like, of a home invasion thriller where 
the mayor is on the phone pacing, watching the news and watching the polls because there's a mayoral campaign going on and he's trying to basically get reelected. And the mayor answers the phone and moves to the side and you can barely tell Riddler's in there. And then the light from the screen goes from dark to bright on the TV and it, the TV is behind the camera and the Riddler is then illuminated and he's, he's kind of there and just the music they play is super suspenseful and it just kind of all almost gives you goosebumps, but it definitely makes you uncomfortable. And from there, I mean, for not typically being a physical threat, I mean, he kills at least, I'd have to think about it, but at least three people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's about, that's about right. Well, four, um, four for sure. And he's not skilled at it. It's just like, yeah, it's like he's just, just rolling like with it. Yeah, just like bludgeoning. Yeah, and like I'm not saying like he outmaneuvered the mayor or anything. He definitely just surprised him and basically beat him to death. But he was more of a physical menace than I think I've seen the Riddler be before. Um, and this is where the tone is kind of set that really part of it reminds me of Seven, where they kind of just show not quite gruesomeness, but just like grounded uncomfortableness with a crime. Um, and there's definitely more nods to seven later on, I feel. Mm. Um, so then, you know, you're introduced to Bruce Wayne and with his voiceover, which I loved and I wish they would have done more throughout the film. Um, I have very, very few issues with the movie. Um, but Bruce is walking the streets on Halloween and, Basically, the, the over the course of the movie is a week. The beginning voiceover is October 31st, and the end voiceover is November 6th. So this whole movie takes place over the course of a week. And I kind of wish he would have done more voiceover work. I really enjoy, in a comic book, I can read someone's thoughts through the thought squares. Yeah. Whereas, like, the speech bubbles are obviously dialogue. Um, so, like, movies like Sin City those movies are narrated and I can hear what the character's thinking. So I really enjoyed the nods to long Halloween, uh, comics and things like that, which is a fantastic detective story. And that's what this movie is really is a fantastic, um, good Batman detective story, which I don't think has been done correctly in any of the other Batman movies. No, it's just assumed that like Batman's really smart. Yeah. I mean the most detective work he does, in the dark night is he pulls a shattered bullet out of a brick and re rebuilds it basically to get a fingerprint that then leads him to a location of, of a gunman that's during that parade. I mean, as far as I can recall, that's the most like detective work he did. Um, and I just feel like the, the Christian Bale Batman is much more of just a brawler. I know he has those other fighting stances and skills that he uses in Batman Begins, but mm-hmm. I just don't feel like he he just goes up and like haymakers people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is I mean, it's in Batman Begins. It's kind of cool to see him do the training. Yeah. And stuff like that. But that's where well, like most of the specific martial arts. And I mean, at least to my knowledge. Well, in Batman Begins, so he whenever he goes to the League of Shadows, mm-hmm. he goes to fight Rachel Ghoul. And he uses, like, three different fighting stances. And Rachel Ghoul like, names them and basically beats him at all of them. Mm. And then he kind of, like, that's when he starts to teach Bruce his ways. 
Um, but yeah. I really enjoyed that we also just jumped into year two and Batman has all of his stuff. He has his training. We don't have to see his parents get killed for the 44th time on film. Yeah, because I, I feel like I just didn't need that yeah. again. Um, he has no use for the billionaire playboy persona, so he doesn't use it. So Bruce Wayne is like a shut-in. He's very... It's very rare that he's seen in yeah, public. He's, he's a recluse. Yes. And so I kind of like that. He doesn't quite have it all figured out yet. Um, so I just want to talk about a few scenes in detail, one of which is him escaping the police precinct. It's yeah. GCPD. Yeah, that one's really cool. So I like the music. I also like, like, I love Batman's disappearing act where he's there and then people look and he's gone. He does that twice in this movie and it's done really well. But for that one, they needed to show him like running. They needed to show him trying to escape. Yeah. He can't just do the disappearing act. And I wish in that scene he would have used like a smoke pellet. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then still shown him like getting out of there. But I love when he gets to the top of the GCPD, he goes to jump off the roof and he like gasps. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's just a guy. Yeah. He's just a guy and he doesn't have that much experience with flying through the city yet. Mm-hmm. Not that he's going to fly with his cape. That's, that's something that like the comics use rarely and like the Batman be the, the Nolan verse used a lot where he can put electromagnetic current through his cloth of his cape and make it rigid and make it like a glider. Um, so in this one, just being kind of like a bunch of homemade stuff, like it, I believe there's a prequel book, which I have not read yet, which I'm definitely going to find. And I, I don't know if Lucius Fox is involved at all, but I do know that this Batman has traveled the world in exile to find and f- learn a way to fight criminals. And they just kind of skip all that, which I'm kind of happy with. I mean, we've seen that before a lot. Yeah. In it's, different iterations. It's one of those things. It's like you just respectfully acknowledge previous work and the viewers should just know. I yeah. mean, Batman has been around since what? The 1939. Thir- yeah. I was going to say the 30s. Like people, people should know by now. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I like that one. And then at the top, um, I feel like he could have. They could have accomplished the same thing with the wingsuit if they would have just had him grapple and swing and like have the same landing. But I think the wingsuit's important. Like he kind of has thought that. Well, if I get to the top of a building or skyscraper, I need a way out. Yeah. So I kind of love it and hate it at the same time. Um, I don't. I don't mind the wingsuit just because. I mean, it's pr- practical. Like yeah. it, it makes sense. Like realistically, how else would you? I do like the wind gust that blows him over to the left, and then this camera shot goes to inside the building. He's yeah. just cl- so close. He's, he's shaking the windows. Yeah, yeah really he flies cool. past super quick. Um, I can't find that picture, but it was essentially like Greg Frazier is really making a name for himself, and it showed all the movies that he was the the cinematographer on. Yeah. I mean, Batman obviously being one of them, but uh, yeah, some of the stuff that he has worked on recently has just been like incredible. Yeah. But yeah. Um, th- but yeah, w- with the, with the wingsuit, I... What I like about it is, um, I mean, if I, if I were designing a suit, it was like, okay, I need this thing to be able to fly. Like that would be probably the first thing that I think of like, okay, I need a parachute and I need something that I can guide my trajectory. A wingsuit exists. How can I incorporate this into my suit? Yeah. So, um, I don't like when it just didn't look as cool. Yeah. (laughs) It was still neat though. I I don't like when there's drama between Bruce and, and Alfred, I kind of like when Alfred's like the yes man and just supportive and heals wounds and teaches him to fight and things like that. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, stitches him up, sets broken bones, things like that. Is that all Master Bruce? Yeah. So 
I definitely don't like whenever there's drama between them. Like sometimes the Michael Caine Alfred gets on my nerves in like uh, Dark Knight Rises because mm. they like have like a falling out almost, and that's just not how it's supposed to be. I guess. Yeah, that's not Alfred. Um, I did like Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon a lot. Uh, he filled that role pretty well. Yeah, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. That was kind of one of the roles that I was a little bit um, just kind of skeptical about. Yeah. Not because I I didn't think that he would do a good job. I just honestly didn't really – I hadn't seen enough yeah. of movies with him in He's it. in He's in Westworld and does a really good job in that. Yeah. Um, the, the shot – the coolest shot of him is just under red light. And it's whenever Batman's bringing out uh, Carmine Falcone out of the Iceberg Lounge. Yes. And uh, uh, James Gordon is standing there with a shotgun just under red light. He just looks, like, extremely pissed off. Yeah. Um, now, he, he did, really a, like he did a great job, and his voice fit yeah. very well. Yeah, and how he acted, like how he's, you know, whispering to Batman mm-hmm. and the GCPD about trying to get him out of there. Like, he's very loyal. Yeah. Um, he He's the voice of the Watcher in What If?, um, and then he also plays, uh, I forget his name, but he's one of the guys in, um, in the Hunger Game movies. Okay. He, he's like the genius in those movies. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's the voice of the watcher. So he has a very, very fitting voice for like a serious role. Yeah. I thought that Colin Farrell as the penguin was excellent. I love when they make a penguin not campy. Like I, I, I don't like the penguin, from Batman Returns. He's so campy. He was raised by penguins in the freaking sewers. And it's just like everybody has like a gimmick. And I don't like that. So this penguin that just has a nickname because he's basically like a gimp that has like a, you know, sharp pointy nose and he's, he's kind of chubbier. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a gangster and he's, uh, in the film he's described as Carmine Falcone's right hand. And so basically when Carmine Falcone is eg- exits the film, I mean, Penguin is going to take basically Carmine's and Salvatore Moroni's basically roles because Salvatore Moroni in this film is in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they're doing an HBO, HBO Max series with Penguin. I think it yes. might be like eight episodes. And I'm hoping it takes place in between this and the second film where the city's kind of flooded because in the second film, I hope the city isn't still flooded. Yeah. That would um, be nice. Paul Dano as the Riddler was awesome. He was, I was hoping that he didn't feel gutless after he was unmasked and he definitely didn't. No, he, um, he, he still was like, like, dude, like now you can see me, but yeah. I'm still two moves ahead. If, of you. if anything, he even got better without the mask on. But the reason I say that is whenever he has the mask on, he has like a voice scrambler on a little bit where, in all of his videos in the film, his voice is deeper than Paul Dano's voice. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that basically whenever his real voice was used, he wouldn't, it wouldn't seem so like th- threatless. Like I wanted him still to be a threat. And mm-hmm. like the confession scene is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. But um, I want to talk about two more people, two more actors, and then we'll get back to scenes. Yeah, do you mind if I comment on the Penguin real no, quick? No, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I liked about the Penguin is, so the overarching villain of the movie is is Riddler, obviously. He's the big bad. So I, I like the fact that, um, that they didn't overshadow him with a whole bunch of other characters. They just were... They were additional and um, complementary to to Riddler. Um, 
not only that, but it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, the Penguin instantly had um, like a vendetta against Batman. He was just kind of like like you said, he's a gangster, so he's look at he's looking after himself first. Like that's yeah. that's all he's worried about. Yeah. So there's like an interrogation scene, and he's basically like, "Hey, man, like." You know, as long as I'm fine and as long as I can get out of here, like I'll say whatever you need me to. Yeah. And uh like I don't I don't need to you know, I don't need to get uh get some jabs in right now. I yeah. just need to get out of here. Yeah. Even though he does get some like verbal jabs in, in yeah. that interrogation scene, which are pretty hilarious. And Colin Farrell did a, a ton of sp- like speech practice with like an accent expert mm-hmm. to to do that accent the way the penguin does. And it's, it works so well. Yeah. Like I told my dad, I was like, that was Colin Farrell was the penguin. He's like, what? No way. And I was like, yeah, dude, he, he nailed it. Yeah. And, um, so the last two people I wanted to talk about was, um, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, um, which he was, he was great. I was hoping, I mean, I, I know John Turturro mainly from, Transformers movies and he's the comedic relief yeah and I didn't want that history of a lot of other fans maybe knowing him from there to basically sway their opinion of him like he's the mob boss he needs to be like shown respect he's not the comedic relief here right and it like worked out really well they yeah. show they show him just enough and he has just enough dialogue to be fearful I, um, I think his previous roles actually maybe helped because I think there was a little bit of expectation that he might be kind of yeah. funny. And then whenever he, you know, whenever you see him be the, the bad, bad guy, it's yeah. like, oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of shocking and surprising. But um, then the last person is Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle and Catwoman. She did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, I think she auditioned for The Dark Knight Rises Catwoman, but was turned down for Anne Hathaway. And so she obviously retried for this one, and I thought she did a great job. Yeah. She's probably my favorite. Um, the way she walks and how she talks and how she acts around Batman is very reminiscent of their relationship in a ton of source material. Yeah, and I like that they showed her being more of the the cat burglar because that's yeah. what she, that's really what she is. Yeah, I mean that's why it's not the supernatural person that comes back to life after fall out the window and yeah Batman returns it's that again can't be um yep. um I what I like uh about her character is that like the the entire movie wasn't over sexualized which is great because yeah. I, I don't really care for that kind of content in movies it just makes me uncomfortable and I don't like when people push it unnecessarily and Catwoman is one of those characters that people can easily write as being just overly sexual and it wasn't it was awesome yeah she like she did a great almost job. uses uses it to her advantage to like either gain information from batman or you know it's it's something that either he ignores or fight or doesn't really fight against but it that like has no sway over him almost yeah um yeah i thought she was really good in that role and uh then the only person left that we haven't really talked about is robert pattinson as batman so of course, just like every other casting, every of, of, you know, Jokers, which Jared Leto was warranted, but Heath Ledger, everybody said he would be a bad Joker and he wasn't. Um, everybody said like back in 89 or 88, whenever it was announced that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman, he was just known for Beetlejuice at the time. And basically nobody wanted to see a Batman with Michael Keaton in it. Yeah. And I, I like the Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman for the time. It doesn't really hold up too well now, but 
for the time, he, he nails that role as well. And I know a lot of people didn't think Christian Bale would be a good Batman. And a lot of people consider him to be the best one. I think Robert Pattinson is a better Bruce Wayne and Batman at this stage in his career. I think if they ha- if they do a trilogy, which I'm hoping they do, um, I think that you'll see him be that version of Bruce Wayne that everyone was hoping to see. And like a lot of people that make a complaint about this film say that he's a good Batman but not a good Bruce Wayne. But at this stage in the game, he has no use for being Bruce Wayne. He's still very vengeful. It's not until yeah. the end of the movie when he kind of starts to shake that and yeah. you hear that in his dialogue. Yeah. Or I guess monologue. Um, but yeah, he's still very vengeful and that's why he's a recluse is because he's wanting to get vengeance for his parents being yeah. killed. I mean, he calls himself at the beginning of the movie a nocturnal animal. Yeah. And I think Bella Real is the new mayor and uh at the funeral scene she's basically saying that he's not doing anything i think that's that line is gonna have an impact actually instead of just like a throwaway line i think that in the future he's going to be doing more for the city especially after this flood um and i just think that he didn't overdo the bat voice i know that in a trailer they were going to have maybe some some digital changes to the bat voice and People had complained about it in the trailer, so they changed it. And honestly, it was probably for the better. Because if I go back and watch that trailer, it just seems like off. That's the scene where he's punching the glass. Right? Yeah, he says, what have you done? Yeah. And there was even a joke, like it, like a multiple choice, like what did you hear? And like all of them actually sounded, yeah. all the choices sounded like what what he says. It was not distracting at all. I didn't, yeah. There was never a moment where I was like... And I think Christian Bale overdoes his Batman voice. It it gets like progressively as the movies go. Yeah. I think it gets rougher and rougher. Yeah, um, like I understand you're trying to disguise it, but yeah, in, ba- thought, in Batman Begins and like even the beginning of the Dark Knight, it's not horrible. Yeah, but, but it, I, it gets really rough. I like Pattinson's. His is just like a little bit deeper, not real raspy. Um, even when he's like Bruce Wayne, just with Alfred, he kind of is almost still talking in that batman voice a little bit mm-hmm. something i really liked obviously he's been doing two years of nights and when alfred is trying to solve the the cipher he like is almost not a fan of sunlight so he puts sunglasses on when he's inside yeah um just because the sunlight is not the best on him um so uh before we talk about I there's a specific scene i really want to talk about but what do you want to talk about that you really liked or would want to change or dislike greg so yeah so the the whole uh lead up to batman i i was actually excited to see how robert pattinson did because he did a phenomenal job in the movie tenet and i again you guys know i like christopher nolan um but the movie regardless of who directed it was good and robert pattinson in that movie made me excited to see him as batman um specifically the scene where he was repelling on the building um, I was like, okay, I could definitely see him like using a grappling hook or, you know, doing doing some more action involved um, scenes. But, but anyways, uh, you know, kind of commenting on him being Bruce Wayne. Um, I like, I actually like his take as Bruce Wayne, where he's like, he's just kind of pissed at the world. He, he, you know, his parents, his parents died when he was a kid. He's trying to figure things out. Um, you know, the city. City basically hates him because they expect him to follow in his father's footsteps, and he doesn't really have any interest in doing that. Um, so why wouldn't he just be by himself and 
you know, be a shut in. Um, so I think, I think he nailed, like you said, Bruce Wayne for that, um, for that time period in year two. Um, but also if you look at how Robert Pattinson acted in, in Tenet, um, kind of similar action style role, um, I could see him being a, a good Bruce Wayne later on, like in, yeah. in the, in the Christian Bale kind of time period. Yeah. I think, um, I really think in Tenet, he wears like that suit with a shorter haircut. I think that mm-hmm. image for like a Bruce Wayne in the second film is is going to be good. Yeah. Um, but what were some of your favorite scenes? Um, well, I only saw it once, so just off of just off of the top of my head, um, I really liked when he was in. It was I think it was like a, a separate room or maybe it was the back cave. I don't remember where he was, but he had he had Selena Kyle wearing the um wearing the contacts with the with the lenses in them that he could you know get a live feed from um yes. and he had to like dial in the frequency and then he was uh using facial recognition software and he had to like direct her as she was going that scene was really cool because it showed that he like he was using all the tools that he had available and that included his um connection with Selena nice yeah, right in the middle too. Yeah, well, it's staying in there, so okay. enjoy that. Um, but yeah, that that was cool. It was like, it, it goes to show that like his connections that he makes is just another one of his like tools that yeah. he can use, which is cool. Um, so that was a neat scene. I, I mean, the, the car chase scene was very tense. Yeah. And there was a lot of suspense in that. So that was, the, you know, very well done. Um, as far as individual shots go, I like the... Again, I, I've only seen it once, so to kind of recall from memory is a little tough. But I like just, the just whatever stands out to you. I like the shot where he it's at the end, the, as the like the the Riddler goons, and he's fighting them, and he shoots both of the grappling oh, yeah. hooks, um, and he hits both of them, and then jumps backwards and uses them as like a counterweight yeah. to swing around. Yep. That was really cool. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, and I like that he just like he he takes a lot of blunt force and like yeah, just gets the crap absolutely just beat out of them yeah um and i know it's kind of undecided i'm hoping matt reeves talks about it eventually but i want to know if what he injects himself with is adrenaline or venom because there is definitely a green greenish yellow bulb at the end and when he injects himself it's like that's a liquid ball in the bulb and it's gone so i'm hoping it's venom from like bane yeah that'd be Um, interesting and Um, that's another thing i wanted to touch on is like it's clear eventually by the end of the movie that batman has been has had some rogues gallery, some of his rogues gallery to fight in the first two years that we haven't seen. There's the Joker in Arkham, yeah. That the Riddler that the Riddler meets basically. Yeah. So, but you don't really see him, which is cool. I like when yeah. they do that because then you know fans can kind of at like they they'll show like a little side glimpse yeah. maybe or like a, a shadowed figure, and it's like that allows the studio to make changes to the character's appearance without being tied down to what yeah. they already put in motion. Although I think that they're going to do a director's cut because Matt Reeves has already talked about a scene that they filmed, but didn't make the movie mm. that he says will be released. Um, and I, there's also another scene from the trailer where Bruce Wayne is carrying a duffel bag somewhere that isn't in the film at all. Mm. So there's stuff that's missing that maybe in the deleted scene section of a, of a DVD or Blu-ray release, but I, I'm hoping that they're in like a director's cut. But yeah. the scene that Matt Reeves talks about that I'm interested in seeing is Batman goes to Arkham to talk to 
Joker and basically asks him how the Riddler thinks. And Joker's response is, you should know, you, you two think the same. And I think maybe you would get a better get a better look at the Joker there. But even if he's still like in the shadow and it's like a guessing game of who it is, it might still be cool. Um, yeah, because the guy who played um, Joker was the guy who played Druig in uh, Eternals. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Um, I, before I forget, I really liked the um, the exterior, I'm sorry, like the the long shot, the wide shot of the Batcave when he goes in. It was yeah. a really cool looking Batcave. Yeah, I like when they f- show it for the first time when he's on his way in on his motorcycle. Yep. It's like like a slow pan to the left as he comes in from the right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I like that Batcave. Yeah, it also, reminded me of the animated series. Yeah, that's a change that I'm not too crazy about, but like it's not a deal breaker by any means where there's no Wayne Manor that the Waynes lived in a mansion that they they built a tower that's Wayne Tower and that's where they live. They have a penthouse there in the city, like downtown Gotham. Yeah. And they had their own train stop, tra- own train station under the tower called I think it's just called Wayne Train Station perhaps, but it's abandoned and that's where the Batcave is. So he uses the subway tunnels to to get up and down from the city streets and back to the cave and Basically, the mansion that the Waynes did stay in prior to the build of the tower is donated and made into an orphanage, which that's where Riddler is from, is from that orphanage that used to be the Wayne mansion. Yeah. So that's where Batman and uh, Gordon go to see the projector of Thomas Wayne's mayoral commercial. Yeah, yeah. Is that That's the old Wayne Manor, supposedly, mm. like the old mansion. Okay. But it's also in the city. I was curious about that because I... I do remember the dialogue where they talked about, you know, him just being up in his penthouse in the yeah. city. And it's like, you know, he's he's one of the Waynes. He's, you know, yeah. y- you don't know what it's like to be one of us down here on the streets. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of, you know, it didn't bother me, but I, I was a little bit confused. Yeah. Um, so the tower is like downtown, basically. Okay. And like you, you get a real good, the best view of it is after the bomb explodes with Alfred. Whenever Bruce is headed back to the tower and he's trying to get a hold of Alfred, they show like a real good shot of it with the smoke and the fire coming out. Mm. Um, and so really only two more things I would just want to touch on real quick. So I like in the interrogation scene where really it's the confession. So Batman is basically in a pose with like his arms crossed and in the shadows. Um, and Riddler is doing like a monologue or talking to him basically keeps saying Bruce Wayne over and over again. And then eventually you see like Batman, they give like a close up so you can see what his emotions are. And he sees like there's a, a surveillance camera mm. and he's getting worried. He's like, this guy has me figured out. Like he said, he saw on the cork board at Riddler's apartment that it says, I know the, I know who you really are and stuff. So he thinks it's about him. And then eventually after saying Bruce Wayne repeatedly, Riddler says, Bruce Wayne's the only one we didn't get. Basically he was just trying to say that Bruce Wayne is the only one on the list that they didn't kill to basically together, even though Batman really didn't have anything to do with it. And Riddler basically used Batman as an accomplice mm-hmm. unknowingly. And like, he understands it accepts that Batman's like trying to stop him, but Riddler's trying to get under his skin by saying, well, you helped me do all these right. tasks you're, from you're, the beginning. You're, uh, you know, a, uh, sidecar to, yeah, but, um, deaths. yeah, basically. And once he says Bruce Wayne's the only one we didn't get, there's like a moment of relief on Batman until 
he realizes that this isn't over yet. And just because they caught him doesn't mean that anything is done. Right. And so, um, I honestly, I was, they did that really well because I, I had thought the way it was going, it was like, dang, like, like somebody else knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, but then, you know, so there's that, that panic that hits. That's almost yeah. like the horror part of the movie Yeah, where, it, you know, you're like, oh crap, like something's, this yeah. isn't right. Like nobody's supposed to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. And I hate when they do do that in films. Like, yeah, I hate, like I hate Rachel Dawes in the Nolan movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. There, there's a really good, I'm going to pull up that TikTok audio while we're, <laughs> it's really good. Um, um, so the last scene I really want to talk about other than maybe cinematography and f- the filmmaking aspect of it was the Batmobile chase. So the, that I just want to say, um, yeah, classic, <laughs> Snoop, classic Snoop, jo- uh, Snoop Dogg. Um, yeah, th- this this Batmobile is my favorite, my favorite Batmobile. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a different taste in in like some of the on screen vehicles um, that like superheroes or characters move. Uh, yeah. You know, use just in general. Um, I think but it, I really like the way this one looks. It's very simple. Yeah, I think it's my favorite too. It has two engines, one in the fr- one one in the front that drives the front wheels, and one in the back that drives the rears. And then it also has like a turbine. Um, and so what I really like about the scene is they follow Penguin to basically a drug buy or basically where they're manufacturing drops, which is a drug that's in Gotham. And I like Jim Gordon's trying to tell him where they are, and Batman's already there. Like whenever like Batman beats everybody, yeah. everybody to places. Um, but uh, basically Penguin knows they're there and thinks he has like the upper upper hand on Batman and goes to finish him off like from around the car and Batman's gone. And then the reveal of the Batmobile is the sound of the turbine first and then yeah. the camera cuts to it. And you can't even see it because it's all dark. There's no lights on, but the turbine is on in the back. So the illumination behind the car kind of you can tell it's a vehicle. Yeah. And then in IMAX and Dolby, it was so deafening the entire scene, the seats were shaking and stuff. I had like goosebumps. Like my adrenaline was pumping. I was just having like dopamine drops like the whole time. It was so satisfying to see that car and like feel the Dolby sound system. Dolby. Oh, it, it's unreal. Yeah. Like, so that scene is so cool. I like how the car isn't like a, tool of precision but more like a sledgehammer and like you know there's big cement pipes coming off of vehicle off of tra- you know tractor trailers and he's just driving through them like they're nothing um and i like the lineup of the car hauler that's empty basically like unfolds right in front of him and he hits the afterburner and just jumps off of it um i don't know why there's just a ton of stuff i, I love the 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 song for that scene um in the the uh album it's called uh highway to the anger zone instead of highway to the danger zone that's cool um but there's a there's a bunch of stuff that's cool i like after penguins car flip is pretty aggressive i like how it is um but what i like more is the 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 song that they play after batman gets out of the car when he's walking towards penguin's car and Mm. batman's view is upside down um i like that part a a ton but that's my favorite scene It it makes you feel like oh crap yeah that's my favorite scene in the whole movie is the Batmobile chase. Yeah. Uh, the sound work, sound design that they do for the car is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I just really like that whole scene. Uh, it's a good good Batmobile chase scene for sure. 
don't they show him uh don't they show Bruce working on the engine in the Batcave while he's talking with Alfred at one so point? So he's not really working on it, but like it's out. It's like out of the car, the car's okay. under a sheet, like it's under maintenance and Okay. Then... I just thought I remember seeing like par- yeah. like parts sitting there. So I don't know it. I don't know if he just has that motorcycle at first and then he gets the car, like he finishes the car during the film. Mm-hmm. And then he uses the bat cycle towards the end because the bat cycle is different from the one that he's using at the beginning of the movie. Um, I don't know what model the one at the beginning of the movie is, but it's definitely different than the bat cycle. Okay. Um, Only real writing complaint is that the threat of the film in the third act is the seawall is going to be destroyed and the city's going to flood. I feel like that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think what they should have done is like, they were doing a lot of mayoral campaign commercials and stuff like that. They should have definitely shown a commercial where like Gotham's infrastructure is getting bad. And they mention that the seawall is an issue. And, you know, maybe this is something they throw on the, throw on in the background because it's not often, I mean, there's always like a Gotham Bay, uh, but it's never truly, hundred percent on where Gotham is geographically in the country. Yeah. Typically it's like where New York is, where Detroit is, where Boston is. It, it moves around a little bit, but it's always like on the Northern half of the U S and always on like the, the East half. Yeah. So, um, but just that it's under sea level is pretty important for the plot. And I think they should have like at least mentioned it just yeah, briefly, I even, mean, in, even in like those commercials or something. It was, I, I kind of agree with you um i like i like the fact that um you know that riddler they really show like his i guess superpower per se in in um in that like um confession scene yeah and then you know batman starts punching the window like what like what do you what do you do like um and then you see all the all the vans explode um but yeah that last part it just didn't it was like the culmination and the climax of Riddler's plot and his like plan, um, but the the actual physical flooding of the city and how things happened after that didn't feel as impactful. Like seeing the seeing the vans explode was was crazy. Yeah. But then like all the water rushing in just didn't feel as dangerous. I feel like it was impactful and dangerous. Like I like the sky view as Batman's looking at that chalk drawing of the city and it cuts to the actual city of it flooding mm-hmm. and people being like washed away. Like, I, I think it was impactful, but I just think it should have been mentioned a little bit. Like, you can't reveal what what his master plan is to the audience. You're, you're on this ride with Batman, so if Batman can't figure it out, you're not figuring it out. But mm-hmm. Which I also kind of dislike. I like when Batman's two steps ahead, but Riddler is that character that outthinks Batman pretty often. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just think it should have been mentioned a little bit. I like the goon fight at the end. It was good. Yeah. I like the monologue at the end. Um, it, it does feel a bit long. I think the drama of Bruce finding out that maybe Salvatore Moroni had his parents killed and then that drama and that emotion is completely wiped away in the next five minutes when he visits Alfred in the very next scene. And it's revealed that Carmine Falcone is the one who probably had his parents killed. It's like, well, you just introduced me to this new idea. And Bruce is angry, and then that whole thing is just kind of wiped away in five minutes. I don't know if I follow. So, so he go. So he he finds out that his 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 dad. Well, he thinks his dad had that reporter killed, mm-hmm. 
and which is actually, I think, going to be Hush's dad, I believe. Okay. But um, basically, it's he. Bruce thinks that his dad had a reporter killed for going to release information about his mother that right. then would damage his mayoral run. Yeah, I remember back that in the day. So um, then he goes and visits uh, Carmine Falcone. And he's, he's the same guy as Falcone, right? Yeah, they pronounce it two different ways. Okay, and so do I. Just, yeah, same same dude. I'm just making sure. Yeah. So, um, the other gangster that isn't in the film that's often in these stories is Salvatore Moroni, and then there's one other one that's Rupert Thorne, but Salvatore Moroni isn't in here. He's not mm-hmm. visually in the movie, but they talk about him. So he mm-hmm. was he was taken down by this huge crime drug bust and he's in jail right and they've revealed that falcone's the one that said all that stuff but anyway anyways so he explains that that um i think thomas went to him and said he wants him to scare the reporter reporter wasn't scared so falcone killed him Mm -hmm. without without him knowing and then the next day he thinks that salvatore moroni had thomas wayne killed because he thought that Thomas Wayne would always be in Carmine Falcone's pocket for killing that reporter. Uh, so then Bruce is upset, goes to Alfred when he's in the hospital and basically says, why didn't you tell me that Maroney had my dad killed or my parents murdered basically? And Alfred's point of view is the opposite that yes, he went to Carmine Falcone to have the reporter shut up basically, but that Falcone killed him. And then Thomas Wayne felt so bad he was going to go to the police and admit everything. And then that night he was murdered. They they were murdered. Yeah. And he, he said, he said, I'm not, you know, no one will know for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He does say he that. He said he but, has his suspicion. It like so. flip flops from person to person, like almost immediately. So I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's not poor writing, but just maybe poor timing. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't really pick up on that. Uh, at first I was kind of confused, but now that you do the whole, like in the pocket thing, it is, it's like another point of drama that's maybe drawn out a little bit too much, but it does make sense. Yeah. Cause it's a three hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is a three hour movie. And it didn't start to feel long until like the last half hour. So like the first two and a half hours I thought. Yeah. So something, something I think it does well is like you forget about Catwoman and then she pops back up and I'm happy she didn't like rule the movie. Um, then like you forget about Riddler and they solve like the, the mystery of the movie that Salva or uh, that, um, Carmine Falcone is like the rat and they bring him out and you're like, okay, this feels like the movie could end here. And then bam, he gets shot and you're like, oh shit, I forgot about the Riddler. Yeah. He's, it's like, we still got to catch the Riddler. Then they catch the Riddler and then you don't even realize there's still like half hour, 45 minutes left Yeah. when they catch the Riddler, like towards in the third act. Yeah. Well, I leaned over to corn at one point. I was like, dude, we have like an hour left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah, yeah it was, it, it was cool though. It but, was, yeah. After the confession scene and all the, all the vans blew up, I was like, dang, there's still like significant yeah. things that are. Yeah. I think there's like 30 this. minutes at left after the vans blew up, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So saw it three times. Love it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go see it again. Maddie hasn't seen it yet, so I think we're going yeah. to try to go. I think but. maybe Heath Ledger's Joker is a better villain, but yeah. uh, the better Batman movie is the Batman, and the, I think the better Batman in each movie is Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I would have to watch them. See, when I when I compare movies like that, I have to have watched them recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'd have to rewatch The Dark Knight. Um, I mean, they're very different. I really love how they showed Gotham have like that Victorian and Gothic infrastructure yes. and like uh, architecture. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they but. did. They did a very good job with the atmosphere and the the setting of this movie. There was no like it wasn't. It didn't feel like maybe it could have been New York or maybe it could have been, you know, a different city. It it, it was like okay, this is Gotham. This is crummy and dirty and gross and grimy. Like this is. There, there's no other city um, that's quite the same. Um, so they did a really good job with that. Whereas with the Dark Knight, um, I feel like they did a good job making this the city feel like dark and hollow and kind of cold. Yeah. Um, but it felt like it was recorded in a real city. I like how it. There's two scenes that, during the day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and and, and another thing, um, he was in his Batman costume for almost the entirety of the movie. Yeah. He's he's in it more than any other. Batman in a single film, like as far as minutes go, yeah, he's in the bat suit the most. Which I, I which I loved because I mean, I I am interested in Bruce yeah. Wayne. I didn't come here to see Bruce Wayne, damn it. Yeah, I mean, like especially year two Bruce Wayne. Like I don't need to see him yeah. moping around. Like <laughs> I I don't know. It's uh, yeah yeah. So I'm hoping that they do a trilogy. Uh, I don't know who they would use as a villain. They definitely set up. If if you pay attention, they definitely set up Hush as the next villain because they reveal that Thomas Wayne basically had the reporter killed and they mm. name the reporter. I believe it's, um, I believe it's Hush's father, but I think in the comics, him and Thomas Wayne were surgeons together. Yeah. I think. And, and, and Hush yeah, the guy's and Bruce Wayne, Elliot, right? Yeah. And then Hush and Bruce Wayne were friends as kids and stuff in the comics. So they're definitely going to change up the lore a little bit. But, I mean, they even, like, have Hush written on the freaking screen, like, in big, giant letters. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're going to see Joker. I don't know if he'll be a main villain, but they definitely, like, casted him and everything and used him for stuff. Um, yeah. Which is, it, I think that's fine. Like, Joker yeah. is one of Batman's main villains, but yeah. even in something like, like, if you look at the Justice League animated series. Yeah. Like, he took, like, a secondary role a lot of times. Yeah. Like, Batman had bigger fish to fry at, at different moments, you know? Yeah. The thing I like about Batman's villains in particular is they, since they know him so well, they wait until the it's the right moment for them to strike. Yeah. Like if they know that somebody else is, you know, preoccupied, they're not going to try to jump in. They're going to, because it's almost like a, like a trophy. It's like, I was able to take down the bat. Yeah. And so I'm okay with him taking like a secondary role. They also, some other characters. yeah, they also, um, are going to do they were going to do a GCPD show on HBO Max but now I think it's an Arkham show they're going to change it to but it's I'm hoping it takes place in between the first and second film yeah as well but I'm excited for the penguin film or the penguin show cuz it's next in line for that um I also think it's funny they're still running the DC 2022 commercial before the movie starts but I think three of those four three of the four movies were pushed to next year yeah which is really I think funny. the the flash aquaman was the Flash pushed back? Yeah, Flash and Aquaman, I think, were pushed back. Maybe Black Adam is staying where it is, maybe, huh. for this year. So I don't know. The, all of, all of, uh, especially superhero movies, because they try to pump them out so fast. Yeah, they they're all a mess right now. But for sure. So I think this is maybe one of my favorites. It was yeah, it was refreshing. Yeah, um, definitely different. It was like grounded, dirty, gritty. Yeah, detective. Um, Definitely whenever, like, Batman and James Gordon are walking around d doing detective work together, definitely got some very heavy Seven vibes, which is yeah, amazing movie. And I, I do like that they showed, um, like, obviously in the other Batman movies, they show that, you know, 
Commissioner Gordon or, or James Gordon. I don't, I don't know if he's commissioner at this point. No, but, he's, he's not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Detective Gordon or James Gordon, whatever he is, whatever his role is. he's. Uh, <laughs> I think they say lieutenant in there, but he's like a, like a lieutenant detective maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But go ahead. But I, I like that they show um, that he's willing to put up – or not put up, but like um, – put up a fight for Batman or stick up for Batman and like his loyalty lies with him. Like the whole scene where he goes in to talk with them and they're like kind of whispering to each other yeah. and the other police policemen are like, you know what, like what's going on and they're getting nervous. And then James Gordon tells Batman to punch him to make it look like yeah. Batman still on the bat, you know, on the bad yeah. side. Yeah. Um, that way James can continue to help him. Like, I don't know. That's really cool to me. I, I value characters who are loyal to, um, to Batman just because, you know, they believe in what he's doing, but yeah. All right. Well, hopefully you, hopefully you guys put up with and made it through my tangent of why the Batman is one of my favorite movies I've seen in a hot minute, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's up there. I would say it's probably my favorite Batman movie. It, I would have to rewatch the dark Knight to see, cause Heath Ledger really does a great job. Yeah. The music in the dark Knight is also really good. The music's great. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I've overwatched it quite a bit. Yeah, I remember you would watch it like back to back sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'd watch it back to back, and then like the first time would be normal, and the second time I've had I'd have like uh, director commentary on and stuff. Yeah. Well, let me let me see if I can pull this up. Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Um, let me see. This. Uh, okay, so this TikTok was. Let me. See, who sent it to me? I think it was Caleb. I still um, think the best Batman is Kevin Conroy, and the best Joker is Mark Hamill. Yeah. I, I agree. Nobody's going to beat them. They're like, those are set in stone. Yeah. You can't overwrite those. Um, They're never in the conversation. But this is just some guy who's wearing like a Batman mask and black clothes, and he's just standing on top of some building. And I don't I don't know if you've seen this, Tyler, but it's really funny. Hopefully it's loud enough. <laughs> he's wearing a Nike jumpsuit. Yeah, he's wearing a Nike jumpsuit, and he's just like, where are they? Rachel. I, I just thought it was so funny. Um, my my uh, Uncle Johnny was dying when I showed that to him. But, um, yeah, so that's I, – I think that's about it for this yeah. episode. Um, good, good tangent. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, uh, I was trying to think of what I would do for closing thoughts. I didn't really prepare anything, so um, – If you didn't see Batman, go see it before it leaves theaters. Yes, yeah, that that'd be my my advice. My closing thought is uh, don't give up on the theater experience because it's worth it. That's yeah. how that's how the artists and the people who make the movie intend it to be seen. Um, like home theater is nice, and I understand it's you know convenient. But uh, if you actually enjoy movies or if you want to see something, um, go see it in the theater. Go see it in IMAX with Dolby. Yeah, because it, it's it's totally different. You know, unless you've got like a a fully decked out. Uh, home theater with great audio and and like if you have a sound bar and that's what you're listening to like it, like a sound bar just doesn't it's not the same as your not the seat same. shaking yeah like you you need the rumble of yeah. of the Batmobile like yeah. yeah so I don't know that's that's about it that's uh, all I, got. I don't know what Greg has planned for next episode but the episode after that I'd like to talk about some documentaries yeah want to hit up the Jinx oh dude the Jinx the Jinx <laughs> gave me chills legit I. I don't know, man. There's something about stuff that happens in real life that just gives me the heebie-jeebies, and it's just like yeah. 
when a man is dressed as a woman and cuts up somebody and puts their body parts into garbage bags and then people find the garbage bags and then the person gets away with it. Yeah, it's, and that happened. They, they discussed that in like the first ten minutes yeah, of the first episode. The first it's ridi- episode. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like the oh my gosh, that yeah, I was I almost felt uncomfortable watching it, but I I couldn't look away. Yeah. Um, All right, so if you want homework, so you know what we're talking about, go watch the Jinx on HBO and then find the Hornet's Nest. Is yeah, the documentary we're, uh, we're going to talk about. What I'll talk about is uh, West of Memphis and uh, Paradise Lost. You're going to say West Side Story? Be like, yeah, you're going to be doing that one by yourself. Yeah, no, I'm not talking <laughs> about West Side Story. No, thank you. Um, no, West of Memphis and Paradise Lost cover the same topic. Um, I believe totally different documentary crews. Yes, correct. Um, but Par- there's three Paradise Lost movies. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I watched that in high school in my documentary film class. We studied that. And um, yeah, very good. We also watched The Cove, which is um, a movie about um, it, it's like a I forget what country it's in, but they're essentially like killing dolphins in this cove to sell their meat. And it's very, very inhumane. And it, it's like this operation to to expose them and it's it's actually very well done yeah. um great documentary um and i'm trying to remember the other right. ones well, maybe we we'll watch, do but... maybe we'll do documentaries or docu-series next time and then the time after that i'd like to do season one of true detective okay we'll sit down and binge that and then record an episode um but there's oh. a few other things like you have you seen seven um you would know you that answer answers my question well which seven because the, there, there's two Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Okay, no, I yeah. s- I saw the seven like the animated ones yeah. with like the automaton dolls or yeah. whatever it is. I thought that was isn't it called? I don't think that's called seven. I'm looking it up. I think it's called seven. I think it's called six or nine. Sixty-nine. Hat funny cause <laughs> number. Funny cause joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, that's another thing we watched was the selection. We didn't talk about that. Oh shit! Yeah, we didn't we didn't finish it, but. We had like what two episodes? Yeah, left? we have two two episodes left of the selection. We can we can talk about that whenever we talk about documentaries. Yeah, but still pretty cool. Um, yeah. So well, that uh, this episode has thanks been all about it, the Batman. And, thanks for making it through that shit wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't mind us. We're just gonna drive this into a ditch in like the yeah. last thirty seconds. Hang on a second, Greg. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. I uh, this is me currently filling dead space. Yeah. Okay. And that's the episode. Thanks. That was really, oh, that hang was really on. quiet. Hang on. <laughs> I'll fix it, I promise. Yes. Sweet. Frankly, my dear, I don't You're gonna so need a bigger boat. So we're going, we don't need my dear. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Nope, was a bad choice. You're killing me, Smalls. So you're telling me there's a change. Life moves pretty fast. To be continued.